Welcome, everyone, to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is... Larry. Why is it Larry? Does anyone remember this trivia question from six to eight weeks ago? It's because we're not doing it at noon, are we? We're doing it after hours. This is after hours. Yes. Larry after hours. It's, 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 it's late night Larry. Yeah. <laughs> or at least late afternoon Larry. Uh, my friend, it's good to be back with you. Folks, it's good to have you back. We're back from our summer vacation. We're refreshed, renewed. Uh, we're, we're re-something. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Yes, we. Um, our campus in Yellowknife is going into lockdown, so so we are, we are, we are back at it about the same as last year. Yeah, ah, uh, COVID, the gift that keeps on giving. Isn't it lovely? Yeah. So uh, now, Stephen, we you were going to say we are in chapter eight, eight, which is about um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, there's a shocker. <laughs> I'm sure it was a squirrel, but I'm going to say Jesus. Um, and um, the high priest of a better covenant. We also were talking a little bit about a show called The Chosen. And uh, I, I'm very, I generally do not enjoy shows about Jesus. Um, the characters are too wooden and it's not enjoyable, but I really found these characters. The, the author put a lot of life into these characters, a lot mm. of backstory, mm. a lot of imagination, and it, it's quite a good show. Nice. Quite a good show. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And the reason I say that as well is because now the author of Hebrews, remember we said before, the uh, author of Hebrews could have been Priscilla. Mm-hmm. There's times it really just sounds like Paul to me, but we yeah. don't know who the author is for sure. But now the author is talking about Jesus being being the high priest. Okay. Remember, he had said in the last chapter that Jesus was in the order of Melchizedek. Yep. Right? And now, now the author is going to say, and being in the order of Melchizedek, he can be a high priest right. um, for us. And he can, he can offer for our sins. And he's a better high priest than any of the high priests we've had in the past. Right. Because this high priest is a heavenly high priest. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about in chapter 8. Nice job of laying the land there, my friend. Yeah. Okay, let's pick it up at verse 1, folks. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this high priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were here on earth, he would not be a high priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant. Old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would be no, there have been no, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. Ah, so, so see what he says here. He says, now Jesus is the high priest, right? I proved that he's a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, so he doesn't have to be in the Levitical order. And he's going to sit at the right hand of God, of the majesty in heaven. That's where Jesus sits. In the holy place, the true tent. Now, remember the, the tabernacle, right? The holy place of the holy place and the holy of holies was all done in a tent. 
Remember mm-hmm. with dolphin skins and, and yep. all that kind of stuff around. Um, we don't say that to, you know, you call yeah, <laughs> yeah, environmentalists today. But um, but that's what it was in the day. And the high priest would go in, and he said, then every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, and they had to have something to offer. Now, if you if he was on Earth, he would offer these sacrifices according to the law. So that would be the lambs and the you know all that kind of stuff. Right, pigeons, great offering. Yep, yep, yep. Or remember, they would say they used to say the. Uh, the river Jabbok would run red with the blood of sacrifices because they'd be sacrificing for people just steadily all day mm, long. Mm. People coming in offering sacrifices. Um, but he says, now, this is kind of neat. He says, they serve as a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. And the kind of the cool thing here is that he says that what was done by the law was just a, an imitation or a shadow mm. or a copy of what's actually happening in heaven. And the oddity here is this kind of picks up on a Greek philosopher. This is, this was um, Plato. Oh, I, I almost said Philo, but Philo is the Jewish guy that picked up also on Plato. Okay, yeah, and, and talked about this shadow. And Plato would talk about um, that that in in heaven, in the heavens, there there was a perfect of everything, hmm. and everything on earth was just a mere copy of that. So in heaven there'd be a perfect chair, let's say, mm-hmm. and every chair that we build on earth. Is just a mere copy of what that perfect chair is. I get you. Might 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 capture one aspect of that perfect chair. Yeah. But um, but wouldn't capture all of the aspects of what a perfect chair is. Yeah. Because the perfect is in the heavens. And right. In in this author, he would say the perfect is heaven, because mm-hmm. he had a more specific view of heaven, probably than Plato had. But um, but he'd say, and this thing that you're doing is just a copy of that. So Philo, um, first century philosopher, would have picked up on that, and the author of Hebrews picked up on that as well, mm. and used it to talk about who Jesus was. So, so what Moses did was set up everything according to the way that God said it, right? Mm-hmm. And he made he made a copy of okay. of what was going to be. This was a shadow, so the light shines on the moon, and the moon, you know, yep, reflects on the earth. Yeah, the light shines on something, and this is the shadow of that thing. Yeah, and and then he says, so now we're we're going to talk about Jesus, and Jesus doesn't come from that. He he is not a part of that. He is actually part of the perfection that is mm. in him. Yeah. Okay. So, I see where you're going. So, yeah. So that's kind of what it's about. So he says he's obtained a ministry that's much more excellent than the old covenant, and he mediates it because it was based on better promises. Yeah. So, and this is sort of what Paul says too. Remember, Paul says the law was our schoolmaster. Mm-hmm. The law taught us how we could not follow God's ways. Yeah. It, it taught us that we needed something better. Yeah. And the better was Jesus. When Jesus came, we we had the fulfillment of what we needed. Yeah. It's kind of cool, right? Eh? Yeah. Well, and in the in that sense, right when when he says the first covenant was was faulted or you know had flaws we are yeah. the we are the flaws right not that the law was flawed but literally we are flawed because we couldn't keep it we can't do it yeah and that's what paul says paul says okay. that and that's what hebrew says here we we can't do this thing yeah and christ obtained this better ministry better than the old covenant then he says if the first covenant had been faultless there'd be no need for a second covenant right but it wasn't right and now he goes into a big thing from jeremiah okay here we go. 
Picking it up at uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, folks. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers, on that day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. Declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be mercy, merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and is and growing old is ready to vanish away. Yeah, so he kind of points. I now I think he's the the author is kind of pointing at at their period of time, and then a little bit at the future. And the reason I say that is um, so he said to the first group, remember, you know, I gave you this covenant, but but you couldn't follow it, right? Mm-hmm. I I like this. I led you out of out of Egypt by the hand. And it's kind of a neat little, mm-hmm. you know, like take your kid by the hand and you and you walk with them, so that they are safe. There's that old footprints in the sand. You remember that old? Right, thing? right. How come there were only one set of footprints there? Well, that's where I carried you. You know, we all cried. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, <laughs> but, but but this is that kind of a thing again. But he says they didn't continue in my covenant. This is kind of weird. So I showed no concern for them. Yeah. <laughs> That that is not the God that we serve. I don't know why he even said that. Right? Like, no concern for them at all. Yeah. But um, but it meant that I, I I didn't continue with that level of help. I think is probably yeah. the way we want to say it because otherwise it kind of scares us a little bit. Yes, that's right. <laughs> if, if we read it for what it actually says. So for this is the covenant I'll make, declares the Lord, and He says I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And that that kind of thing comes through the New Testament quite a bit. And they shall not teach their neighbor, saying, know the Lord, because they're all going to know me. Mm. But that's where I think it's got to be future, because we still say, know the Lord, don't we? Right. We don't say, you know him. I don't need to say, know the Lord. So there, this this kind of points maybe to the to a, a future Sabbath period. In my mind, it does. Right. It might be, once you have Jesus in your heart, then, then there's no need to say, know the Lord. Right. You know? So maybe it's just pointing to regular Christianity today. But I, I think it might be pointing to a little more future than us. And they say, they shall know me, and from the least to the greatest, I will be merciful toward their iniquities and remember their sin no more, which actually is what he does with us when we become Christians. Right. He remembers the sin no more, which is which is great. Right? Yes. Which is what we, what we totally want. But then he says, in speaking of a new covenant, it makes the first one obsolete. Now this this is going to bother every Old Testament scholar there is, is that everything that they are studying and spending all their time is obsolete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and because because I remember when we're studying the Old Testament, they always say, "Well, this was the Bible of the disciples and the people of the first century, and and the Old Testament was critically important, and it's so important that we know it." However, he does say <laughs> that that covenant is obsolete. So really. Really, the guys who say, really, you only need to study the New Testament, they're actually quite correct. But, <laughs> <laughs> however, however, you know, it adds to your knowledge of the New Testament if you know the Old Right. And, and there are people who disagree with this, but there's a guy named 
Um, Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart wrote a little book, probably in the 80s, called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Mm -hmm. And I remember Gordon, or Douglas, I don't know which one, because Gordon was New Testament, Douglas was Old Testament. And they, they, they said that if the laws of the Old Testament are repeated in the New Testament, then, then they, they still apply to New Testament believers. But if they're not repeated, then they are, they are covenant laws for a community, and we are not that community. Mm. So many of the things said in the Old Testament don't apply to us, which makes sense, right? Many right. of the things in Leviticus just don't apply to us. Right. Putting a, putting a wall around, a parapet around the, your rooftop and things like that, those things don't apply to us, right? Right, right. Yeah. And actually there's things in the New Testament that don't apply to us when he says, you know, bring my coat and come before winter. We know that's probably not for us to do. That's, that's really <laughs> something that I think Timothy was supposed to do, not us. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get there in time. Yeah, so, no, no. Well, well. <laughs> yeah, but what he, but he's actually saying that covenant is obsolete. Right. And, uh, and so a lot of the stuff about the relationship between Jews and Gentiles in the Old, in the, in the old Testament, you know, you, you dealt with, the Jews dealt with the Gentiles on dry goods, but not on wet goods. Right. Things like there were those kind of rules. Uh, a lot of that is because it's disgusting to deal with them in wet goods. Yeah. But um, but you didn't do that, right? The eating of pork that doesn't really apply to Christians; it applied to the Jewish people. Right. And Muslims as well, but that's a that's a different whole different story again. Right. So so he's saying that that first covenant is gone, and now there's a new covenant that comes under Jesus. And this new covenant is, remember, he, what he's trying to do is keep them from going back to what they had. He right. doesn't want them to apply all these laws to their lives anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's the law of the Spirit now. Yeah, yeah. And so now he's saying, Jesus came, everything he did was better, therefore that is all obsolete. And it's hard, man, it's hard. This is, this is what you grew up with. This is what you were taught. Right, right. And you're having to let it go now. Right. I was just thinking that, right? You know, you've learned these lessons over a lifetime. How could you not want to fall back into that community again? Because that's where you found fellowship and, you know, all sorts of other good things in that in terms of friends and things like that. And yeah. now you're being drawn into something new that <coughs> says, forget all that. Yeah. And I wonder if it's that way, like, if we're talking to people that have been raised in, like, um, with voodoo, or voodoo, or however mm. they want to say it, um, skidoo, skoodoo, I don't know. Um, so, you know, you've been raised in that kind of stuff, you've been raised, um, you've been raised in atheism, you've been raised in witchcraft, you've been raised yeah. in all of that, and, and now you're being told don't do it. But at least, at least those things were obviously wrong to scripture. Yeah. Where, where this thing they were doing was complete scripture yeah. until Jesus came. Yeah. That's a hard thing to get away from. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to teach him. Jesus is the culmination of everything. Yeah. And it's a place to go forward from. And they've, they've just got to accept it. Yeah. And that's what this author keeps hammering home in different ways. Yeah. Well said, my friend. Well said. Folks, that is simply Hebrews chapter 8. God is calling us to something better. I mean, sure, we don't know that old, old covenant, but we know the new covenant. My friend, that was great. Folks, we'll be back. We're kind of getting back on regular schedule, so we'll probably be back in seven days' time with yet another podcast. Look at and us still, go. just let me also say, still, study the Old Testament. Yeah. Because I'll get in a lot of trouble if I say you should. 
<laughs> a lot of people, a lot of hatred there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but just know you're not held by most of uh, numbers in Leviticus. You're probably okay there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back, like I said, about seven days' time. Until then, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalary Podcast. Podcast.